0: What's up, Canes fans? Welcome into this edition of the Canes Insight Podcast. Welcome into the new studio. We've come a long way. The from the hostage type situation videos uh, that we initially put out about a year ago, right? And here we are in our big fancy new studio. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. Just this is the first step in what's going to be a lot of big steps for Canes Insight for the podcast. Content's going to be crazy. We're coming at you every single day starting march 1st so be ready to see this face till you're sick of it and we're gonna really break down obviously recruiting the team interviews canes baseball kicking up canes basketball so we're trying to take it to a next level part of that is the space so we are here right in the shadow of the old orange bowl on flagler so it's uh it's an exciting time man it's the first step to what's going to be i think an unbelievable year for KTS site and the KTS site community. We have the bank today, both team
0: and recruiting edition. You dropped two of those new articles yesterday on the website. We're going through it step by step here. But first, I wanted to mention our new sponsor, Closure Investigative Agency. And this episode is brought to you by Closure Investigative Agency. Is your ex-partner failing to pay child support? You deserve better. Let Closure Investigative Agency help you. Let's go get your money. Background checks, cheating spouses, corporate investigations, insurance investigations, legal investigations, employee theft investigations, domestic services, missing persons, surveillance services, and more. Closure Investigative Agency. Contact them at 561-437-6080 or info at ciagency.net. Five-star Google rated, all of Florida covered. Go check them out. Appreciate them for supporting this show and great partnership ahead with them. Canes fans, go check them out. D, getting into the bank now. We'll start this off with the recruiting because obviously looking ahead already to the next recruiting class 2025, 2024 class just finished with a bang and finished as a top three class as these new sorted rankings came out here. But based off your conversations the last few days with people at Miami, how are things looking for this 2025 class?
1: Yeah, I wanted to really let the dust settle a little bit before I came out with these big banks because I want to understand what the board really looks like. There's a lot of misinformation around this time. Kids that may be acting like they're being recruited very heavily, are not really. Kids that you may think are big targets because maybe they have a good initial rating on the 247 or whatever arrivals. They really aren't what they're rated. So, And maybe kids that are not rated that high, whom I really want. We talked about last year around this time, Isaiah Thomas, Dalen Russell, Juan Minaya. Go back and read those old banks. We were talking about those kids when they were still no stars, Chris Wheatley, Humphrey. So our goal is to give Kansas City community a better feel for who we are actually targeting right now. And this is going to change. Evaluations change. You learn more about players as you meet them, as you see them in spring, as you get them in campus uh, in camps, you get verified measurables here in this camp season coming up. So this is all subject to change, but I wanted to wait a minute before rushing out and get the real scoop on who Miami is, is very much targeting at this point in the process. So that's what uh, we put in the bank on canesinsight.com. And you are first on a few names,
0: more than a few, but to name a few, Romanus, OJ Frederick, Cole McConathy, Markel Bell, just to name a few from last year's class. So again, sometimes you put some of these names out there and people may be surprised, oh, well, he's, he's not rated. Obviously it's still so early in the cycle, right? But these names a lot of times are the ones that are, are really the ones you should be keying in on if you're a Canes fan. So right off the bat, looking at the quarterback spot, need to start getting something going there consistently year after year, stacking these quarterback classes, right? Luke Nichol is a very, very good start there.
1: Going back to Georgia, you got Judd Anderson last year who finished as a four-star, by the way, and on three. You're talking about names. Judd Anderson, I believe we were the first name to really say that Miami really wants this kid, irrespective of what happens with Aaron Nolan or anyone else. He starts the season basically unranked, ends up as a four-star by some publications, had a very productive senior year. So Miami does a very good job from what we could see in the early returns on the Cristobal years evaluating. And the best evidence is, like you mentioned, we went up in the team rankings as the season ended and the new rankings came out. A guy like Booker Pickett from last year's class from Tampa ends up a top 100 player. Marquise Lightfoot, a five-star, giving Miami three on the defensive line. So that's evaluation. So that leads me into Luke Nickel out of Alpharetta, who, when Miami got him committed last year, he was basically a three-star not even a high three-star, maybe a mid-to-high three-star. Still in that three-star range, but pretty much everybody knows that when he gets reevaluated, he will be bumped up into that four-star range, won a state championship, had an unbelievable statistical season, and just tore it up at the Battle of Miami 7-on-7 tournament, winning the tournament for the Cam Newton team. Uh, Cam Newton's talking about him being one of the best players in the country. Obviously, he keeps winning, so he keeps showing it. With Nickel, you saw Miami talking to other quarterbacks after he was committed. You saw Ryan Montgomery's name come up from the Midwest. Uh, Houston Longstreet from California. Other names came up. But what I'm told is that Miami is really locking down with Nickel. Nickel's committed to Miami. Miami's committed to Nickel. They're going to stop talking to anybody because they've seen enough and they're confident in his commitment to them. That's going to be their quarterback, and they think he's going to make a big rise up the recruiting rankings, get a bigger national profile, maybe go to Elite 11, do things there, and then allow this class to rally around him In a way uh that often happens when you have a blue chip quarterback
0: just need cam to dub him as a game changer (laughs) it looks like he still has him as a game manager as we saw some stuff that came out uh from the tournament but very good start there for miami again like you said going back to georgia we'll talk more on judd anderson and some of the guys that are already there on campus seems like there's good early returns on him but looking at that running back spot right i mean this is should always be a position at miami that gets reloaded with with top tier talent every year alvin henderson uh a name that has gotten a ton of buzz right but tim harris leaving going to be the officer coordinator at ucf congratulations to him great opportunity going back there how does that position shake out it might be a little early right because the relationships need to get rebuilt
1: yeah, I'm not sure that Alvin Henderson has the same momentum he had before Tim Harris left as a Miami potential running back. He's still in the mix. The name I'm hearing a lot – and help me out because you're looking at it with the pronunciation from Lee, Lee County. What's what's the name? See Lee, if you can... Leesburg. Usman Kroma. There you go. Basketball player, very good athlete. He's been on a lot of visits to Florida State, so that's a team to watch there. But Miami really, really loves his potential at running back in state. You're talking about the two Heritage kids, Byron Lewis and uh, DeAndre DeSinor. DeAndre DeSinor, yep. Of those two, I believe Miami has a higher grade on Byron Lewis because of his size, particularly his his width. Uh, DeSinor, more of a quick, fast guy. He's got track speed. You can take it to the house. Very similar in his running style to Chris Wheatley Humphrey from last year. I don't think they want to stack too many of those guys together size-wise. So looking for a little more size. Byron Lewis is a name to watch from Heritage. and Then also a name that no one's really talked about, but I'm told Miami really likes from Berkeley Prep, uh, Joseph Troop. Big bowling ball type back. You watch the state championship game. He was bouncing off guys. Very, very physical player, low center of gravity. Not the tallest guy, a nine, but wide. And Miami really likes what he brings to the table as a running back. He's also best friends with Dallas Golden, who's a safety target from the same school that Miami has a lot of interest in as well. Wide receiver, it's going to be a big focus here in the portal
0: moving into the spring and post-spring. I, I would think that has to be one of the biggest points of emphasis for Mario and staff. But need to start hitting on some big-time guys, as you did last, last class with the JoJo traders of the world, the Nikars of the world. How is it shaking out?
1: How does it look to shake out for this next class? Florida. That's the word I heard on receiver. The state of Florida has enough here to feed the class. Obviously, names emerge. You don't know where it's going to be. A night car wasn't on anybody's radar until first reported by Kane's Insight that we were making a strong run there. So you don't know. But as of right now, Florida is the focus. The names, Jamie French out of of Mandarin in Jacksonville. Everybody's after him. Miami's no exception. He was on campus this past weekend. Uh, Dallas Wilson out of Tampa, big body tie committed to Oregon. Also on campus, Miami's got a lot of love for him. Just the size he brings to the table. They're trying to get bigger at that wide receiver position. they got a lot of smaller, quick guys. Need to add some size. A uh, Dallas Wilson and a Jamie French both had that kind of size. Maybe a shiftier guy out of Orlando Vernell Brown, who could play corner. He could play receiver. He's a great returner as well. That's the dynamic make-you-miss guy of that group. Um, locally, the names that stand out as far as South Florida would be Cortez Mills out of Homestead. Miami really loved you. Saw him in the state championship game against St. Thomas Aquinas. He was outstanding. He is probably the best receiver in South Florida, despite the ranking. And then Joshua Moore out of West Broward. Small school doesn't get as much attention, but he's somebody who had a hip injury as a junior. So his junior film. You it's know, not that much of it but you see a sophomore film you see what he did at Miami's camp he is a primetime talent a big receiver that can go up and get it those two from early evaluations are probably the top two receivers in South Florida ahead of maybe some bigger names is Josh Moore and then especially Cortez Mills the, forget anybody look at you got Javon
0: Boggs uh,
1: Ohio State commit there you go Javon Boggs from Coco Ohio State commit Ohio State's messing with our commits. We mess with their commits. You know, that's we've seen that battle play out. Marquise Lightfoot, Miami beats out Ohio State, takes Justin Scott, two five-star players with the final rankings on the composite. Jeremiah Smith goes to Ohio State. So that battle is going to go back and forth. He's won. The latest battle uh, will will be him from Coco, also in Florida. So again, Florida is the spot, more so the rest of Florida than South Florida. I think South Florida, the two names, there's other names that may be getting attention. But the two names I would focus on, South Florida-wise, Cortez Mills, Josh Moore, and then you'll see who who develops as a senior.
0: Tight end looks like an exciting one if you're a Canes fan. You call it the deepest position on the board, which is music to Canes fans' ears.
1: Oh, yeah, that's like the opposite of wide receiver. We said Florida for, for wide receiver. Tight end, I believe the entire board is national. you got guys like uh, like Lucas Gilbert, who's from – Where's he from? Westchester, Ohio. Westchester, Ohio. He was on campus. You have Brock Schott. Brock Schott, who to me is probably the best looking one. When you talk about the, uh, the film from Indiana, guy goes both ways. Super athlete and has, has good size, but also very good receiver. Marshall Pritchett from Georgia, who's more of a wide receiver type, a little thin, but super athletic. I believe he also plays lacrosse. Um, Hayden Bradley. Hayden Bradley. Another uh, Georgia kid, fast riser out of Buford. His ranking does not match his offers yet, but he's someone who's going to be uh, getting some noise. Another, another uh, Georgia tight end, a big boy. What's, what's? Hollis Davidson? Hollis Davidson. I'm going to get these names. It's going to take some time. It's early. We're early in the 2025. Side. Right. They're going to come naturally soon. But these are the names, again, collected from various sources who would know. Uh, he's someone I've told his size, Hollis Davidson. Is a major factor in that evaluation they, they're very impressed with how he looks physically he was on campus he brings a lot to the table from a size perspective also i believe he's a goalie uh or you know you call him a keeper because yeah, you're, you're, goalkeeper, you're yeah. so into keeper. yeah you're with your euro slang uh but uh, anyways he plays that position and he's also a uh, receiving tight end with a lot of size so he's another name thomas meyer I yeah uh, a, a great big one. athlete out of iowa who miami likes a lot and then also a uh, kiadi armstrong right mm-hmm. uh big dude from Texas kind of like Bubba Frank's tight body big Texas kid He can play he plays baseball and basketball he can be a receiving tight end he can be a blocking tight end maybe he grows into a tackle maybe he grows into a defensive end or a defensive tackle a lot to do but that guy's got major size heard he had a very good visit this past weekend
0: look they're going to need to replace uh, at that position unless Cam McCormick gets another year of eligibility after this one so going to be an exciting cycle there at that spot We'll see. Obviously, on the field, like to see that that position get more involved, right? And well, McCormick's got a kid in the class of 26, so you could just recruit him next year. And, 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 and there so, you go. Won't you won't won't miss a beat there. Um, offensive line with Mario and Coach Miraball, You understand this is always going to be an interesting, not not your normal way that they that you recruit most positions, right? They you'll see a guy pop up out of nowhere that we've never heard of, and then we find out he has these traits. That are what they're looking for, right? So a lot of names here, but it seems like they're still in the evaluation
1: process. Offensive line is an evaluation position. You want to see how guys grow. Some guys move positions. Maybe they're a tight end as a junior, then they play tackle as a senior, and you get that film. Maybe they're a basketball player or something. There's different ways that this plays out. Your your guy, your client, Titus Howard, was a quarterback, went to the moving offensive line. So that's a position that the evaluation is constantly changing. But what I'm told is Miami's not seeing, in general, the type of size and athleticism that they've seen in the past. Certainly the the class of 23, where you're able to get Mauanoa, Okanola, Kinsler, uh, Frankie Tinelau, and you also missed on a lot of guys that you would have taken that have similar body types. It's not like that yet. There's some guys that are tall and athletic, but they're maybe more narrow. There's guys that have the size that maybe don't move as well. There's guys that maybe... You know, move well, but they're short, and that and they don't have the length. So, they're looking for the total package, and it's not abundant yet. One name that does have the athleticism and size they're looking for: Owen Striebig, out of Wisconsin, six seven, six eight, almost lean, can bend, very very exciting player. He was on campus this past weekend. Miami Notre Dame battle, similar to Justin Skye It's going to be a distance thing. Can you pull him out of the Midwest? I heard he really likes Miami. So that's the battle. Justin Scott took a – it was a process. Yet yeah. You thought you had him. thought he was going to Notre Dame for it first. Then you thought you had him. Then he goes to Ohio State. And then you finally bring him in. So we'll see, but that's, that's a big name to watch at, uh, at the tackle position. Um, Jalen Matthews. Yeah, Jalen Matthews out of, out of Toms River, New Jersey. I'm told he's one of the top guys on the board, period, as far as the physical ability. He's ranked, I think, in the 150s or something. He's, he's outside the top 100. I'm told they view him as a big, big-time guy. Cortez Smith, an interior lineman out of Georgia. He's someone who's a shot putter and a lot of explosive power, highly rated kid, probably a center, but a big, good looking center who has power. Um, he's a name to watch. There's some, there's some names locally uh, out of Sanford Seminole. Um, the, the, what's the Buchanan, Max Buchanan, Max Buchanan out of Sanford Seminole is Solomon Thomas a Florida yeah. state commit. That's someone who would really love to flip. He's probably the best offensive lineman in the state, Solomon Thomas. But Max Buchanan is another guy they like. And then out of uh, Daryl Jackson's hometown of Havana, Florida, Mm -hmm. not little Havana we're we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. This is Havana, Florida uh, country. uh, Lamar Williams, big time, big size, big time frame, about six, seven almost. Similar to Daryl Jackson, that raw, but the body type is just outstanding. And you get him on campus, get some strength on him, teach him some technique, and then you have something. But small school kid, he was on campus this past weekend, not a lot of offers now, but Miami really likes what he brings to the table. Then also Zaire Addison um, out of uh, Riverview, Florida, somebody with athleticism. He's 6'4", so the si- height's not where you necessarily want it, but he's got a great body type as far as, you know, he's broad, he's athletic, uh, he doesn't have a lot of bad weight, and he's a good kid from what I understand. So he's someone that Miami also likes from from in-state. But offensive line—that's a moving board, and I expect to see more names come up as the as the days progress. It, you always see now in this
0: camp time that that comes up, right? Where you have the camp circuit. A lot of guys transform their bodies in these couple months. A lot of these big boys, a lot of times, that athleticism's hiding, right? So I think, like you said, we'll we'll see some names emerge. Maybe some of these names here take a step that really pushes them to the top of the board, right? But We'll have you guys covered in that aspect as we get into camp season here moving forward and
1: seven-on-seven season. Yeah, Ness Cooper was 400 pounds, I think, this time right. during his cycle. Ended up being, right now, our best offensive alignment probably. So the, these guys have a process with their body, as you know. You recruited a bunch of them that are now yeah. playing the pros.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great position, and we know that nobody does it better than Coach Mirabal. You see the love he's getting from Jim Nagy at the senior bowl with his work with J.B. Cohen. Obviously, Cohen out there now this week uh, in Mobile trying to up his stock. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a handful of these guys that get drafted over the next couple of years, especially on this current offensive line. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, defensive line. We know it was a big time class for Miami in 2024. You see sometimes when you have a monster class the year before, it's tough to get some of these top flight guys to follow that up.
1: How are they looking early on there? It doesn't look like last year where you had number one, number two, number three, all these big time guys. It's just not that kind of class yet, but we'll see how it progresses. There's some talented players locally, probably better film than body on some of them. Um, so, uh, Jarquez uh, Carter out of Newberry three technique type of body, shorter guy, He's not huge. He's not just a Scott type, body type, but super quick, super disruptive, very good numbers and very good initial quickness and just ability to get in the backfield, just your classic three technique. Um, Myron Charles out of Southwest Florida. Um, He's somebody who has some height, has some size, but again, very good film, Uh, just lives in the backfield. Sort of similar to uh, someone we'll talk about a little later, Randy Ederica, as far as, Taller, maybe like that defensive end, defensive tackle, but he'll grow into a defensive tackle, similar to Blunt uh, probably as well. Just He's in that he's not a 300-plus pounder yet, but he'll get there. Um, as far as some some national guys, Marco Jones out of California, a, a nice-looking edge rusher. Um, Randy Enrico, who I mentioned from Central, kind of reminds me of Brian Pata. If you remember when he came out, he was 6'4", 260 range ended up being a, a nice size defensive tackle who could also play outside on pace to be drafted before tragedy struck somebody that's that that reminds me of potas is, is Atarika out of central which is produced him on the blunt uh, ruben bain the acc rookie of the year so very good school for miami very good defensive line school for miami he could be the next up he's he's the prize locally as far as south florida defense alignment looks like they're also
0: recruiting nationally there as well nathaniel marshall Another name out of out of Illinois, Zion Grady, out of Alabama. So, yeah, two big
1: time guys. We're going to get a lot of of offers and you know highly ranked, but might be just signed three five star defensive alignment. Right, so they can play in that in that pool without a problem.
0: Linebacker, it's always it's already been a very good start there. Elijah Melendez, he's been down to campus a few times already. He looks very locked in. He was on the national signing day show. Was one of the guests there, if you remember and very enthusiastic about the Canes. You turn on his tape and it's hard not to enjoy watching it. Uh, he's a big hitter, flies around, and he's trying to bring Zayden Walker with him from Georgia.
1: Yeah, so let's we'll start with Elijah Melendez. Miami loves him. They visited him. He's Sometimes you get these early commits and they're not, you know, they're a little shaky. Either the kid's shaky or the team's shaky on him. They love Elijah Melendez. He's somebody who I expect to be in the class. Kissimmee, Florida. Watch his film. He's blowing up lead blockers, just crushing guys, showing sideline to sideline speed. They love him. They're very, very high on Elijah Melendez. He'll be a rock of this class. Um, you mentioned um, uh, Zayden uh, Walker Walker from, from Georgia. Highly rated kid. Everybody wants him. Obviously, Georgia's the favorite there. Miami is very much in that mix. Probably the other school that Georgia's most worried about. He was on campus. He's been on campus before. You watch his film. He's playing running back. He's flying off the edge, more of an athlete than a pure linebacker at this point. Melinda's more of a linebacker, just in terms of experience. But I mean, Zayden's a freak of nature, somebody that Miami would love, love, love to add to this class and see what he can do with that versatility. A lot of great linebackers play a lot of running back. I've noticed as you've seen some of the guys that go to the NFL draft, your Devin White's of the world, they were very good running backs as well. They see the holes one way. And then the other way it translates. So like what he brings to the table, TJ Alford, another guy, a Miami, a Miami likes uh, out, of, out of the Treasure Coast, Miami Ohio State battling for him. He's got some tools and some speed. Instincts, you know, that's going to be the question with him. But just the, the talent is, is, is tantalized. That's why he has so many offers. Locally, I think Ty Jackson out of Loxahatchee and, um, and Ezekiel Marcelin out of Central are the two names that Miami likes, so two linebackers locally that Miami is interested in. Those are two that I I would really pay attention to as far as Miami's recruitment. Different body types. Ty Jackson super athletic. Marcelin, your classic highly productive central defender, but both of those guys can play here.
0: And a couple kids from IMG, which has been a very good school to Miami, especially recently since Coach Cristobal has made a big-time effort to make that a pipeline. Gavin Nix and Nathaniel Awusu botang.
1: Yeah, and of those two nicks, I believe is the one to keep an eye on. That's that's a stronger target would be Gavin Nix out of IMG, like you mentioned. That's a school Miami's had a lot of success.
0: Defensive back. This is one of the most important positions on the team, very much like wide receiver. You're going to see them add some guys there, at least one at a cornerback would probably think that you'd bring in two guys uh, at defensive back moving forward here. And then there could still be, you know, more movement there at that position in terms of departures, as, as we understand could happen across the board. It doesn't look like your typical really strong year at defensive back. It wasn't necessarily last year in South Florida. How
1: is the board looking right now at this point? Better than in the past. And this is a position of need for Miami, like you mentioned. Miami really took defensive line personally last year because they hadn't recruited it as well in the year prior. The result was three five-star defensive linemen, plus a Booker Pickett, Artavius Jones. Hard to beat what Miami did on the defensive line last year. You'd like to see something similar with the defensive back position, particularly cornerback. It's a good year locally for corners. Ben, Ben Hanks is probably the best out of Booker T. He's someone that's a lot of interest in Miami. His dad played for the Gators, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to the Gators. Obviously, that program's in a lot of flux right now. Ben Hanks, long, long smooth corner, three pick sixes last year. He's what you want at that position. Um, you got Gregory Zay Thomas out of American Heritage, kind of your classic American Heritage defensive back, well-schooled, huge body, ready to play right away. I think speed will be the question there, just if you compare it to like a Pat Sertan. But physically, he looks like Sertan. The same, they look identical in their pads. Again, I'm not saying he's that type of player. I'm just saying that they look alike. Um, and then also, you have Chris Ewald from Shamanad, Amari Wallace from Central. Who, Amari Wallace from Central, to me, is like, is he a corner? Is he a safety? He's very smooth in his backpedal for safety. He makes a lot of plays on the ball. He's a reckless tackler in a good way. He throws his body in there. Uh, been playing a ton of football for a state championship, perennial state championship program in Central. Just your classic South Florida DB that you want. Highly rated kid also, despite not being huge, you know, 5'11 and skinny. But he's someone who plays above his size. Just a complete defensive back line. We'd love to add him to the class. Again, we have mentioned three Central guys with Ida Marcelin, and Wallace. When there's not that many South Florida guys on the board because it's a down year and you're getting three guys from one school that you, you're interested in, those secret on Miami spending a lot of time at Central and putting a lot of resources into that program.
0: Again, all of this is up on the website, canesinsight.com, the bank recruiting edition, January 29th. You can find that there, along with
1: what we're going to talk about now. Wait, hold on. I got to get to the safeties, too. I mentioned mentioned Hilton Stubbs is a name to keep an eye on, Um, DJ Pickett, who's a Jalen Ramsey-type recruit super athletic long his cousin booker pickett signed last year and his rose from the 200s to the top 100 and uh, fit, top 50 in some cases just a media meteoric rise because of what he did in the off season when he put on tape in terms of being one of the prolific sack guys in the country his brother sorry his cousin much more highly rated uh dj pickett at safety but he could be a corner he could be a receiver he's very similar to, to jalen ramsey in terms of length and athleticism so carson lawrence a guy from from tennessee chattanooga and others a player Miami has interest in. I think he's committed to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. But Miami might look to flip him. Dallas Golden I mentioned earlier. So there's there's a lot of DBs that they're 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 trying to to get in with. But I think to me you got at least land the foundation locally when it's a good year and then some big time guys outside the region like a Pickett who Miami's in good shape with.
0: Looks like they're off to a good start for 2025. Obviously very early and like you mentioned you look up some of these names, the ratings may not even be there for a lot of them. Some of these sites take their time with their evaluations as they should. I'd rather them not just slap a, a ranking on someone just because they put up you know, a certain amount of stats one year. Getting to see them up close in this camp evaluation circuit that comes now during springtime and the seven-on-seven circuit as well, obviously for the skill position players. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. I'm sure a lot of names that we mentioned will will end up in this class, but names that have not popped up on anyone's radar just yet in terms of Miami will also be part of this class. So of course, track it all year long with us here on Kane's Insight. But there's some guys on campus from last recruiting class already, and you got the scoop very early impressions, right? You can't take any of this to the bank, but you can because it's coming from deep money. It's early on, like I said. You, this this is not gospel, but you can start to get excited and say this matches what we thought he was before he actually stepped on campus.
1: Right. It's like a uh, blink scouting. You ever heard of that book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell? I don't know if you ever read a no. book. Yeah. So that's um, it's about first impressions basically, and they call it blink scouting because coaches they make first impressions real fast. It changes. As you learn more about the kids, they're not playing football yet. They're putting pads on, they're running around, they're doing workouts and doing things like that. So, in terms of just a first impression, I found it can be valuable. Obviously, it's not gospel of how a kid's going to play once spring starts, much less the games. But oftentimes, it's good to eliminate kids. I've heard guys like, for example, I'm thinking back to Tommy Kennedy or Dykstra, some of the kids that Miami's had in the past that didn't work out very early. I would talk to somebody from Miami and they'd say, this kid can't play here. They didn't even start the pads yet. They just have moving around movement wise, weight room wise. We, we messed up <laughs> basically here. The first impression of some of the un, unrated underrated guys or, you know, lesser ranked guys is very positive, which is good. A uh, Judd Anderson. I'm told he looks good. He's throwing the ball. Well, fitting in. Well, all that is very good from a Judd Anderson standpoint. Again, when the blitz is coming and you got to make decisions, that's when you really find out what he is. When you can hit the quarterback like in a real game, that's when you really find out. But just from a physical tool standpoint, he's not out there throwing ducks. The arm looks good. The athleticism, the smooth coordination from the basketball background, all of that looks good on Green Tree. Chris Wheatley-Humphrey, smaller. We talked a little bit earlier, comparing him to DeAndre Desenor. Smaller, quicker back. Told he's a very natural football player. Fits right in outside on, on the practice field. Just picks things up quick. Natural mover can make plays. Is he going to be a running back? Will he be a cornerback? Will he be a returner? We'll find out. But natural football player is the word on Humphrey Wheatley Humphrey. The studs look like studs, and that's one thing. Last we talked a lot about the sleepers, but last year the guys that really made impact: Ruben Bain, top 100 player; Francis Malanoa, top 10 player; um, you know Mark Fletcher, top 100 player, two four seven. So. Those are the guys to really watch. And here you got Marquise Lightfoot on campus, who just recently awarded the composite five-star, told he's a freak. I mean, basically three people were called freaks. Lightfoot, Zaquan Patterson, the safety from Chaminade, and um, Lightfoot, Patterson, and then uh, also – Markel uh, Bell. Markel. Mar- and uh, Mar- you also mentioned oh,
0: Lofton as well. No,
1: also, I'm sorry, JoJo Trader. Yeah. That was the first name that was mentioned to me. I should say that. JoJo Trader out of Chaminade was the first name mentioned to me that just he's doing things that we're not we don't have in our wide receiver room right now he needs to gain weight i think just watching him play quite a bit while he was down here the play strength is his biggest weakness but he did not have a lot of stability like he's going to have now as far as just people putting weight on him and feeding him and working him out dj ivy was someone similar and dj ivy blew up quickly physically at miami so you see that kind of physical transformation from jojo trader He's got great hands. He's got great eye-hand coordination. You see the toe-tapping catches he makes, the one-handed catches he makes uh, in practice. He can run routes. He'll get better at that with, with, with more training and more, more craftsmanship. But he's someone Miami's really, really excited about. First name that I heard as far as guys that stood out, mentioned Lightfoot, Patterson, Elijah Lofton, I heard. Doesn't pass the look test, but then you put him on a football field, and he's a stud. Six one, it's your ideal tight end. As far as in line, probably not, but he can play a little tight end. He can go out wide as he did in high school. He could be your fullback and you could be a running back. You could even play tailback at this level. We saw him play it in high school, score a lot of touchdowns as a tailback, including against some South Florida teams. So just an all, all-around football player. And if you watch the, the playoff games, I saw a fullback playing for Baltimore. I saw a fullback playing for San Francisco. When the Dolphins were still in there, their fullback, Alec Engel, played a ton. So fullback is not a dead position. In fact, the more modern the offense is, the more likely it is to have a fullback these days. And Lofton's a guy that can not only lead block with that body type, can split out wide, can run the ball. So it gives you more than your average fullback. So he's someone that's making a very positive impression. You mentioned Markel Bell. I'm very excited about him.
0: When Mario went on with Joe Rose the day after signing day, he pretty much went on and on about, what Markel Bell could become. Look, he's a he's a juco offensive lineman. Those guys aren't always ready to go day 1, but you'd expect, uh, you know, to see some improvements as spring goes on from him.
1: Yeah, I think he's someone that the tools are exactly what they thought they were getting. He was I was told first round pick tools. They love his personality. He will take some polishing. You don't really know how much polishing he'll need until the pads come on and you see him going one-on-one with Ruben Bain or someone like that. Mesador, we'll find out quick, but he probably will need a little bit of polishing, even though he's coming from junior college. But the upside is enormous and they're excited to see what he can do. So transfers, those guys are also already
0: on campus. Who has stood out to the staff from what you're hearing?
1: Cam Ward's Cam Ward. I asked about him. The answer was he's exactly what we thought, you know, with a smile. There's no no worries about him, at least in this setting. Reese Poffenbarger was more interesting to me because he's coming from the FCS level where he was a stud for Albany, but Albany's not the ACC. So the word I heard on Poffenbarger is physically he looks real good, and they're excited to see what he does. That's, one of the, that's the type of player that very quickly could look out of place, and I'm told he has not at all. He could throw it. He has arm strength. He has athleticism. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he has athletic ability. So they're excited to see what he can bring to the table and possibly take that backup job. It's going to be competition. You have Jakari Brown. Emory Williams may play in spring. They're coming back from his wrist, is not-throwing-wrist injury, and Judd Anderson will be there. So there's going to be a lot of competition. Poffenbarger's going to be a very interesting name. Probably the name – everybody's going to look at. Cam Ward, obviously, but I'm pretty confident that he's the type of player we think he is. Poffenbarger will be interesting to see how he goes. But I'm told the first impressions physically are good with him. Miami also got two safeties. Uh, Mish Powell out of Washington, as well as Savion Riley from Vanderbilt. I asked, are you guys still in the safety market? What I'm told is they're very confident in those two guys that they brought in and how they look early on, plus the guys they brought in recruiting-wise, Zaquan Patterson, chief among them, some of the guys already have on campus. These things change. If safety's a problem during spring, Miami will be portal shopping for a safety, but Miami feels good about those two portal safeties at the moment. So that's that's a
0: positive thing. If you have not checked out, out our instant reaction that we did to Mish Powell's commitment, that's on the Canes Insight website and YouTube as well. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel. The The numbers has, has been a big discussion, right? Because if you do the math, the guys they're bringing in transfer-wise, understanding they want to bring in more
1: guys at certain positions, but there's going to be attrition along the way. No question. I think probably 10. I've heard people say upwards to 20. I think it's probably the numbers closer to 10. I won't get into the names here, but hearing it's going to be no surprises, probably. I mean, who knows where it ends up by the end of spring. I don't want to say no surprises. But it's, it's not going to be a situation where you're going to be having to make too many tough decisions. I think a lot of the decisions are going to be made for Miami based on guys just needing an opportunity, injury stuff i'm not that worried about numbers miami's trying to improve the roster any chance they get they try to bring in nate colepo ended up going to Ole miss the washington guard and the number one position i know that they're going to be going after in the portal for the following post spring period is wide receiver wide receiver they're still on the market for a good one it'll be easier to get one now that you have cam ward in place so that's something to watch going forward, but that's fluid, but based on what happens in spring. Talking about
0: uh, upgrading the roster, they were almost able to bring in Rodney Hill from Florida State as a walk-on. He's going to be headed to FAMU has an opportunity there to be a scholarship player, but they're leaving no stone unturned. Another note at running back, guy that a lot of fans wanted to see more from last year, got a glimpse of him in the Bethune-Cookman game, I believe it was, right? Chris Johnson.
1: Hearing about him at this stage, I asked specifically. I said, "Is there going to be a role for Chris Johnson?" I was told unequivocally, "Yes." They expect him to make an impact. He's had a year to get some weight on him. He's someone who's improving. He was—if you watch his junior film—he wasn't that good. Although Kane's insight highlighted him as a sleeper player to watch, ended up as an outstanding senior year. But he's still learning the running back position. I thought he probably could have had more opportunities last year, but this year, I'm told, he will make an impact. If you watch the NFL, you see. Uh, Devon A. Chain for the Miami Dolphins. I think he set a record for yards per carry for a whole season. You had Jameer Gibbs for the Detroit Lions, all the things he can do. You need explosive players like that, especially if you have a good offensive line that's going to let those guys get the first couple yards free because then they're in the second level and now the speed just takes over. So, a guy like Chris Johnson, you put him behind this offensive line, you give him a lane. Miami did not have explosive runs last year. Look at the 50 plus yard runs. How many were there? You know, very hard. I can't think of. Maybe one by Brashard Smith, who's a receiver. So Miami really needs an explosive element to their running game. They were they ranked in the top 20 in yards per carry, but that was mostly consistent five and six yard gains as opposed to hitting those long ones. Chris Johnson can take this offense to another level, and I'm told he's firmly in the mix for next year. Spring's gonna be big. You mentioned Rodney Hill changing gears, going to FMU. Guy like Chris Johnson, guy like Trevante Citizen, with Mark Fletcher out until camp and fall, you got a big opportunity to really make an impact
0: in spring. An exciting note here about a guy that I feel like some Canes fans are have forgotten about, right? Someone who Coach Cristobal and Coach Mirabal believed had the ability to be a future number one overall pick. Samson Lola suffered his injury last season,
1: but looks like he has the opportunity to come back real strong here. Yeah, there was some disappointment because – Francis a day one starter. Caden Proctor for Alabama was day one starter. Ended up going to Iowa now. So his peers were day one starters. He had more of a learning curve coming from Brockton, Massachusetts. What I'm told is right when he was really picking up steam in practice is when he got hurt. So that kind of – he was about to play a lot more before he got hurt. It was not like a – it was not like a Toronto Citizen situation. I mean, it was a knee injury, which is always serious, but it wasn't a catastrophic knee injury by any means. I'm told he should – potentially or could potentially be back by spring and in general just physically his body's filling out he's doing a lot he's always been a smart kind of conscientious guy you're not worried about the mental with him so he's doing the things he needs to do to be back ready sooner than later he has all the talent in the world his body's coming together a guy like Kalepo not coming gives you more opportunities on the offensive line so we'll see what he does but it's always potential that he could take that left tackle spot and slide Jalen rivers to left guard and that's your offensive line That could happen. Tommy Kinsler is someone that I know they're watching very closely. McCoy, um, Matt McCoy, and then, of course, L. Bell. So it should be a lot of competition at tackle to see who goes to guard and how they're going to move this whole thing around. And then the last note here, not that this should be much of a surprise, but
0: you say that receiver is the top position to watch in the next portal period
1: here. Yeah. And it'll be easier with the quarterback. I think the lack of certainty at quarterback hurt Miami with portal receivers. Miami wanted a portal receiver in the in the first portal period. They tried. They had money allocated to that purpose. But without the quarterback, it's hard. Cam Ward came right at the end of the period. So a lot of ships had sailed. So you just hope some good players jump in the portal for this next period. Miami's is going to want an impact guy. They're not going to want second rate i think what we really need is a big body guy to replace a colby young because you have speed you have quickness with restrepo you have guys that can do things but the big body aside from isaiah horton who's somewhat unproven you really don't have so i think that's where might be looking at the wide receiver position
0: canes fans remember to like this video subscribe to the channel and that article as well with all the team updates is is available on the front page of the website you have to sign up, guys. You have to get on the message boards because we want you guys to join the discussion with the rest of the Canes Insight community. And as you see here with our beautiful new studio, we're going to be doing a lot more in terms of engaging you all as an audience. A lot of different forms of content will be coming out of this studio
1: right here. And D, we're excited to bring it to the fans. Yeah, man. Daily Podcast, again, starting probably the first week of March, we'll be coming to you every day, recruiting football basketball baseball community stuff taking your questions taking your funny posts. probably post some gator tears that that's probably the biggest millions and millions and millions of views on that thread on Kane's insight the gator tears just posting misfortune from the gators and the reactions from the boards with screenshots we might work some of that in but you got to get on the fun man 6.7 million post it'll carry through the off season you'll wonder what you know what happened to the off season when you're on that board every day because something's always happening, especially with the new recruiting calendar having so much of an importance in this June, July period, May, everything else. All right, Canes fans, appreciate you all for joining us today. A lot more to come here from the new
0: Canes Insight Studios, and we look forward to sharing with you the new future of Canes Insight. Go okay, Canes!